Welcome everybody to Chasing Banners, Episode 2. My name is Dante Toro, aka Dante on Deck. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck, uh, where you can find all sorts of Celtics content, NBA content. I'm sure that's where you found the link to this podcast in the first place. Uh, typically, I am a blogger. I write articles, and I would I was starting to make video podcasts on YouTube, but now I'm trying to get my feet wet with actual podcasting because I figured. I don't know. I think people would like to listen to this more like on their phones, on their laptops while they're driving, at work, whatnot. So I'm going to give this a shot, see how it goes. Um, I have two podcasts, Hoops Caviar, and this is Chasing Banners. Chasing Banners is I'm just going to be talking about all sorts of Celtic stuff. Um, and I have a great show lined up today. I have great topics, including whether or not I believe Marcus Smart should be a captain of the Boston Celtics, uh, where ESPN projected the Celtics to be next year, uh, a fun little thing I found on Twitter where we can look at the Celtics roster and kind of point out who's overrated, underrated, the best player, like all those types of awards. And then I'm going to talk about Team USA and how much it is truly helping the Celtics going into next season. So without further ado, I'm just going to jump right into things. Uh, Marcus Smart is the longest tenured Celtic. He was the sixth overall pick in 2014. And, you know, a lot of players have come and gone since him. And uh, he's one of those guys that was, you know, his name was thrown around in the trade rumors for a few years, but it seems like he is a guy that is meant to stay in Boston. He signed a contract extension not too long ago. He is the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics. Um, and I think it's time that we start considering him to be the captain of the Celtics. It's been a while since the Celtics have had a captain. I don't even know when the last time we actually officially had a captain, whether or not that was someone like Paul Pierce, or even Avery Bradley may have had that role a few years ago after they left. But the question is, should he be the captain? Should the Celtics bring back that captain role? If anyone deserves it, it should be Marcus Smart. If honestly, last year, maybe it would have been someone like Al Horford, and maybe that would have saved the way. But obviously, he's not here anymore. Marcus Smart, though, he is, like I mentioned, the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics. He's not the flashiest player in the world. If you don't watch Celtics games, you probably don't understand the hype, uh, why Celtics fans love Marcus Smart so much. In my Twitter bio, I say, I am a proud member of the Marcus Smart fan club. I have always loved Marcus Smart through the ups and downs. He's not the fat, flashiest player. He only averages nine points, three rounds, and four assists a game in his career. He only shoots like 30% from the three-point uh, three line. He doesn't really take the smarter shots, even though last year he did get a whole lot better from the three-point line and showed a big improvement there. Um, you watch the games, you you just know how special Marcus Smart is. And it's for someone like me, for a Celtics fan, for all Celtics fans, you watch every game and you understand why Marcus Smart's so special. He made the first team all defense, finally. I mean, he finally um, deserved to be on that that team because he is a special type of player. He's one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA. He does things on the court that nobody else does, and he truly does lead by example. He keeps it real. He says it how it is. Um, he was on the jump not too long ago where he was talking about the whole situation with Kyrie Irving. And basically, he said it how it was. He said, yeah, Kyrie had some problems. Everyone had problems. He said, we all had to look, each other, look at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know, it's not just one person to blame. It's everyone. And, you know, with everything that happened last season, there was a lot of finger pointing. Everyone could have just been like, it was him. It was him. It was this is what went wrong, blah, blah, blah. Marcus Smart went on TV and just said, hey, you know, everyone had something to blame. Even he said he had some part of the blame. And uh, that's that's a leader. That's who you want on your team as a leader. And even though Marcus Smart is still 
very, very young. He is only um, 25 years old, which is insane. That's only a few years older than me. He's only been in the league for six years. I think it's time that the Celtics recognize him as the captain because he's been here the longest. He has the most heart. He will say it how it is. He puts his body on the line each and every game. He's been hurt for there have been instances in the playoffs a few years ago where he, I think his thumb, he had broke his thumb or something like that, or he chipped a, a bone in his thumb. And then he came back in the playoffs, and one of the first plays he did was dive on the floor, just throwing his body on the floor. Like, you don't see players doing that, and that's what just makes him so special, and that's why Boston fans love him so much. So I don't think it's a crazy idea to you know bring back that C patch and put it on Marcus Smart's jersey. I think that's something uh, a lot of Celtics fans would want to see, and honestly, I don't know who else is more deserving of that title. So let me know what you think. Marcus Smart, should he be a captain? Should they bring back the whole captain uh, role? I don't know if that's even a thing anymore, but if it is, Marcus Smart surely does deserve to be that on the Celtics. Uh, let's go to the ESPN projection. So ESPN, ESPN put out the projections of the win totals for every team, where they think they'll finish, uh, their chances of making the playoffs and whatnot. ESPN listed the Celtics as the second best team in the Eastern Conference uh, behind the Milwaukee Bucks. They have the Celtics winning 47.2 games. Just ignore the point two part out. 47 games, and they have the Bucks winning 50 games. So we're only three games behind them in projections-wise. And they said the Celtics have a 94% chance of making the playoffs. Um, I, this, I totally agree that the Celtics have the chance to be the second best team in the Eastern Conference. I believe that if everything clicks, the potential of this team, this team can go far. This team can 100%. I think the team will 100% be a top four seed, top three seed. Um, kind of surprised they put us ahead of Philly, considering you know they brought back Tobias Harris, got Al Horford, Josh Richardson. They still have Simmons and Embiid. I personally think the best teams in the Eastern Conference are the Sixers, the Bucks, and then the Celtics, but that's just me being realistic. If I'm going to be optimistic, I'll obviously say that the Celtics are the first or second best team. But uh, I think it's cool how ESPN kind of put them second. They kind of have faith that, you know, a lot of people don't think the Celtics are going to be as good as, you know, maybe someone like I think they will be because I'm a Celtics fan. They probably don't think that they're going to be as good because we lost Kyrie Irving. Obviously, we know how great Kyrie Irving is. I personally believe he's the second best point guard in the NBA. Whether or not I like him or not, I still have to give him that respect because he is. He's disgusting. Best, one of the best point guard in the Eastern Conference. I think Steph Curry is the only point guard that's better than him. Um, but we did replace him with Kemba Walker, who, I mean, idea, I mean, you think about it. I mean, if you're going to replace Kyrie Irving, you, Kemba Walker is a pretty good replacement because they have pretty similar play styles. Uh, Kemba Walker is coming off of a career year. He averaged 26 points, made the all-star team. Um, he's a special player, Kemba Walker, so I definitely think he's going to be a big reason why the Celtics, well, he will be a big reason why the Celtics um can be a top of the Eastern Conference standings. Uh, we lost Al Horford as well, like I mentioned, to the Sixers, so I think that's why um, they don't really have us ahead of teams like the Bucks. But they also had the Celtics as one of the four teams expected to be top 10 in offense and in defense. And I'm a little surprised by this, not with the offensive part, but more defensive, because Al Horford was a huge, huge part of our defense. He could guard position 1-5 to five realistically. He was our glue guy, kept everything together, and uh, we replaced him with Ennis Cantor. And I'm not saying anything bad about Ennis Cantor. I love Ennis Cantor, great offensive player, great rebounder. He's going to help in that respect. Um, but he is an awful, <laughs> awful defender. And, um, you know, 
someone when you come to Boston, Brad Stevens has turned players into uh, much better players than they were in whatever team they were before. Like Aaron Baines, when he was before he came to Boston, he wasn't a great defender at all. But then Brad Stevens turned him into a a pretty well respected defender. He was one of the guys that we could put in, and uh, he can just lay his body on the line and be a tough guy. Um, and his Cantor, hopefully that could happen with him. I think we're gonna have to help him out a little bit, surround him with some some defenders. I mean, we're going to have Vincent Poirier and Robert Williams as well. I think they're going to add a whole lot of, um, they're going to help a whole lot on defense, help Cantor when he needs it. Um, and Kemba Walker, not, not for nothing. Kemba Walker really isn't the best defender as well. I mean, he is undersized. I, th- I believe he is six feet, um, if not shorter. Um, and Kyrie Irving wasn't the best defender in the world either. So it's not like, you know, we're going from a star-studded on-ball defender to Kemba Walker. Like, it's not really much of a drop-off, if a drop-off at all. But um, for that reason, that's why I'm saying I'm surprised they rank us top 10 in defense. Um, for us to be top 10 in defense, I mean, Marcus Smart, obviously, is going to be the leader of our defense. First-team all-defense uh, first team, all team last year. One of the best on-ball defenders in the league. Grittiest, hardest-working players. Um, Jalen Brown is going to have to step up immensely. I think this is his year to step up. Uh, he's on a contract year. Will he get an extension before the season starts? I don't know. How much is he worth in the market? I don't know. Um, but this is the year where he has to prove it. And I think not only does he have to improve on offense, he only averaged like 13, 14 points a game last year. If that, he had a really off year. I mean, obviously last year happened. You can't point at everyone had an off year, right? But Jalen Brown's going to have to step step up, especially on defense, when he's going to help out uh, Kemba Walker. Him and Marcus are definitely going to have to help him there. Like when we had Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, and Marcus Smart were there to help Isaiah. Isaiah Thomas was obviously very undersized, not a good defender at all, but it, we made it work with Avery and Marcus. So I think putting Marcus and Jalen next to Kemba is going to help in that aspect. So we're going to have to see uh, finishing top 10 in offense and defense. Um, Kind of interesting. I don't know what the other three teams are. I'm assuming they would have been Milwaukee, uh, Philadelphia, and then maybe like uh, not Houston. Definitely not Houston. Maybe like the late Clippers. But I would say the Clippers. Um, but pretty cool that they put them there, I guess. <laughs> the Celtics are going to have to uh, prove that they can be top 10 in offense and defense. Offense won't be a problem. I think we'll have plenty of scoring. Um, but defense, we'll, we'll have to see. So there's this thing I saw on Twitter where it was kind of like, Pick your NBA team, the fan of uh, whatever team you're a fan of, and they have uh, like not awards, but like listings like most overrated player, underrated, the best player, a key new addition, who could surprise, who's going to take the leap, and who um, whose prove it year is it? Who has to prove the most this year? So I saw, I thought that was going to be a pretty cool thing to talk about. So I'll jump into what um, I think it is for the Celtics and who should be listed under what. So for the most overrated player, I know a lot of people might not like this. The most overrated player is going to be Taco Fall for me. And I'm only going to say that because a lot of people, I think, are going to expect him to get a good amount of playing time, uh, actually play every single game. And that that's not going to happen. He's not going to play a lot at all. Like, he's going to be a situational player, I've said before. He's the type of player that, let's, let's say you're up by one and there's two seconds left and the team's inbounding the ball. You put Taco Fall in, just put him right in front of the inbounder, wave his hands around, jump around. It's going to be impossible to him for that player to throw around him. You're down by one, need a basket around the rim, put Taco around the basket, lay it up, throw it up to him, lob it up. He can just lay it in the basket. Um, but you know, I say over a two cause he's, he's seven foot six, seven foot seven. 
So I think a lot of people are going to be expecting a little too much out of him this year. He's He has a long way to go. I'm happy that the Celtics got him because he is a project, but you can work with it. So um, I'm going to say him for overrated. Uh, a lot of people might not like that, but it's the truth. Underrated, I'm going to go Marcus Smart. I mean, I've said before, he's the heart and soul of the Celtics. You don't watch the Celtics games. You don't know how important he is. He does things that nobody else does, lays his body out on the floor, hustles. Like he He's just an amazing player. Not... He doesn't deserve the. He doesn't get the recognition that he deserves, only from Boston fans. Um, but he is should, one of the most well-respected players around the league. One of the hardest defenders. He will do whatever he needs to do to win. He's not one of those guys. He doesn't need to shoot 10, 15 times a game. He doesn't need to have the ball in his hands. He just has to do. He just does what he has to do to win the game. And that's that's all you need out of a player like him. And he's the type of player you need on a championship team. So. Uh, Marcus Smart is the most underrated easily on the Celtics. Best player slash key new addition. I'm putting this together because Kemba Walker is going to be uh, the winner for both of those. Kemba Walker is obviously the best player on the Celtics. Uh, the next best player you could probably say is going to be Jason Tatum, but he hasn't proven to be the best player on the Celtics. Like Not even close to Kemba. Kemba's coming off for 26 point per game year, three-time All-Star. He's only missed like five, four, five, six games in the past four or five years. Like That's just crazy. He's Crazy consistent, does what one of the best point guards in the NBA. Um, like I said earlier, if you're going to replace Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker is the perfect replacement because he they are very similar players. Kemba Walker has a sick crossover, great shot. Um, he's going to do great things in Boston, and I can't wait to see what he does because he is so humble. He is just ready to win. He signed with the Boston Celtics in the offseason. The Celtics didn't trade for him. Kemba Walker willingly signed with the Boston Celtics. He came here to win. He knows. He's 29 years old. He knows that his championship window isn't going to be open for much longer. He's in his prime. So I think Kemba Walker is going to come into Boston being the best player he could possibly be. And he is going to lead the Celtics into having a great season. Um, who could surprise uh, the Celtics this year? Who's, who could be a big surprise on the team this year? And for this one, I, I have two options. One, I'm going to say Romeo Langford because we haven't seen him play in summer league. He averaged 16 and a half points per game in college, and he had a thumb and he had a hand injury the whole year. I'm pretty sure he had a bone fracture. He had something going on in a shooting hand, so it affected his shot. wasn't the best shooter uh, from the perimeter, but he still put up 16 points per game. Didn't play in summer league. So he's still rehabbing his injury. I don't know when he will actually play. I don't know if I'm I'm assuming he'll be healthy by the start of the season, but since he hasn't played in summer league, I'm curious to see if the Celtics will ease him into playing time. Probably not going to throw him in right away, like play a few minutes here and there and then eventually he'll get more and more minutes as he gets comfortable because I think Romeo Langford can be a very good scorer in the NBA. Like I said, he averaged 16 points a game with basically a broken thumb and a shooting hand. So you get that thing healthy and he could, who knows what he could do. I we don't know what he can do because we haven't seen him in summer league. We don't have any sample size of him. So we'll just have to wait and see. And the other person I would think of is Ennis Cantor. Um, and that's because, you know, Ennis Cantor, he's not known as to be a great defender. He's really just a guy. He's a walking double, double, and he will impact the team greatly with that skill because we, we haven't had uh, great rebounders over the past few years. Like Al Horford, as our starting center was only grabbing like six, seven rebounds a game like that. That's not good. We have, we've never had a guy that could consistently grab like 10, 11, 12 rebounds a game. And his canter can do that. I'm assuming he will do that. Um, but I'm saying he could surprise us on defense. Like I said earlier, he could come into Boston 
and make that huge step on defense and also develop a three-point shot because that's what he's been doing this offseason. It's, I mean, I'm not, it's not the sexiest shot in the world, but neither was Aaron Baines, but that still went in every once in a while. So Ennis Cantor shooting threes, it's not something I want to see consistently, but you know, if he's open and he's been working on it and he's, he's hitting them consistent, um, not consistently, if he's hitting them, I'm not going to say ask Ennis Cantor to be shooting 40% from three, right? If he can shoot a solid, like, 34 35% from 3. Damn. I'm I'm good with, I'm I'd be good with that. So that could be a huge surprise um developing a three-point shot and a uh and being a being a upgrade on defense. He's going to not known as a great defender, but he will come in and show that hey, I can be a great defender. He just has to show that he wants to be and in Brad Stevens system, I think he can be. I was also going to say Carson Edwards, but he's there's, there's going to be no surprise with him. He's going to be nasty next year, so no surprise there. Who is going to be a player that takes a leap easily? Jason Tatum. Last year should have been the year they took a leap. He, A lot of people say he regressed. He didn't regress. His stats went up. His shooting percentage went down a little bit. Everyone regressed on the Celtics. It was an off year for everybody. Jason Tatum honestly may have been the one that suffered the most, to be honest with you, because he was just miserable from the first day on. Um, he wasn't getting the opportunities he should have. He was being held back by you know who. I'm not gonna. I don't want to keep bringing up Kyrie Irving's name because last season's over and done with. But that it really was the reason why Jason Tatum didn't make that jump. And now that he has a new point guard in Kemba Walker, who is very unselfish, very humble. I mean, already Tatum and Kemba already seem like they have a great relationship going back to they were they were in Jordan together. Tatum signed with Jordan, and then Tatum helped recruit Kemba to Boston. So. I think they're going to work very well together. They're going to play well off each other. Tatum, I think he's going to average over 20 points per game, make the all-star team. He is going to be huge for the Celtics. He needs to make a huge jump for the Celtics to be even uh, in consideration to be a contender. You know what I mean? Um, For the Celtics to be a legit contender, you're going to have to have that second star because we're in that point in the NBA now where there are no more super teams. It's kind of just dynamic duo, dynamic superstar duos. And the Celtics don't have a quote-unquote dynamic duo yet we have Kem- we have a star in Kemba Walker we have an all-star but we don't have that second guy yet and Jason Tatum he was meant to be the second guy last year didn't happen this year definitely could be that year so Jason Tatum I'm expecting him to make a huge jump I'm expecting him to have a big year um, and then prove it year who has the most approved this year obviously I mean the first name that should come to everyone's mind is Gordon Hayward right I mean after last year people are Coming back from his injury, people were expecting so much out of him. Started game one, and it, it just it just wasn't – he just wasn't ready. Um, there are a lot of things to blame for why last season went the way it did, but one of those reasons people say is that because Hayward just kind of got thrown in right away. He should have probably just come off the bench for a few games – or not a few games. He should have just came off the bench at first and then eased into the starting lineup, if anything. Um, just him not being 100%. I mean, physically, he probably was 100%. Mentally, you could tell he wasn't 100%. He was afraid to take off from the foot, um, that the ankle, you know, what happened. He was afraid taking off from that foot. Was, it looked like he was afraid to dunk. He was slow, couldn't, didn't look like he even wanted to run. Like, he just didn't look right. And we all know the type of play Gordon Hayward was before he signed with Boston. He was averaging 21, 22 points per game in Utah. Was an all-star. And then that horrific injury happened and then he just got thrown in and he should have had more time to recover and come back. But now that he has this whole off season, 
and a new team. He's going to have a new uh, new role. I think there's going to be a lot of expectations from this year, um, especially since he's had a whole other year to recover and he's not going to have to play next to Kyrie anymore. Um, but also another player that I think has a lot to prove this year is Jalen Brown. And that's because after the year that he had last year, he started, then he got demoted to the bench. Um, he has a lot to prove this year because him and Jace Tatum were dubbed uh, one of the best young duos in the NBA, especially after that playoff run a few years ago. And then, you know, kind of like Jalen Brown just kind of not fell. I don't want to say fell off because he's still so young, but he had a very, very off year. Got demoted to the bench. But as the year went on, he accepted his role. He got much better at his role. And then towards the end of the year, he turned out to be one of the Celtics' best players, especially in the playoffs. He seemed like he was one of the only players that actually wanted to be there and actually wanted to play. And also is Jalen Brown's contract year. Um, He is due for an extension. He can sign one before the start of the season with the Celtics, but I don't know if that will happen because I'm sure Danny Ainge is going to want to see what his market's like. I don't know if he wants to pay Jalen X amount of money and then it comes around to free agency and then teams aren't even going to be offering that much. So I'm sure he's going to want to wait and see. Also, Danny Ainge probably wants to see Jalen Brown prove it this year, that prove that he deserves that money, he deserves that extension. So Jalen Brown also has a big prove it year coming up. Him and Hayward have a lot to prove. Obviously, if things go well. See, this is the thing with the Celtics. They they can be really good next year on paper, kind of like last year, but it needs to work out. Jason Tam needs to make that jump. Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward need to get comfortable in their roles and figure it out with everyone. Um, so those two players are the biggest guys that have a, they have a lot to prove next year. And uh, my last topic, I'm going to talk about Team USA really quick. How much is it helping the Celtics um, going into next season? You know, we have Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart on Team USA. They had their scrimmage last week. Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker killed it. Jason Tatum was the best player on the court easily. Um, This is just great for chemistry, honestly, because last year there was not a lot of chemistry. So I think building that chemistry early is smart. It's great for the Celtics. I'm very happy that they got this opportunity to do this. And they're on. I think they were on the same team together. Marcus Smart didn't play because he was hurt. But Jason Tatum, Kemba, and Jalen were on the same team during their scrimmage. So it's like they're getting able, they're getting all this extra time to work with each other and kind of just see how each other, how see how each other plays, how they can bounce off each other and see how their play styles can go off each other. Um, and they're getting to know each other as well. Obviously, Jalen, Jason, and Marcus—they've been together for at least two years all together. Uh, Kemba Walker is that new guy, and he kind of wants to get familiar. He wants to get comfortable with these guys. Marcus Smart said they went out to dinner and he said, I've never heard Kemba Walker talk so much. I never knew he could talk so much. And that's a good thing. You know, they're getting to know each other. They're getting, um, they're getting used to each other. They're going to figuring out how they're going to play together, how they can make the Celtics successful. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, Tatum and Kemba already kind of got that bonding, uh, started when they were in London together. I believe it was London when Tatum signed with Jordan. And that was kind of when Kemba said Tatum was kind of like, Hey, like, you should consider boss and like telling them how great it is, how they're great they could be, blah, blah, blah. So they bonded already. So, and now just adding Jalen and Smart, who are the two other biggest pieces on the team, arguably. I think that's great. Um, it might not lead it to more wins per se. You know what I mean? Like we're projected 47 wins. Like, oh, just because the four guys are on Team USA, we can bump that up to 49 50. Like, no, I don't, I don't believe that. But 
it does go a long way building this chemistry up earlier. Like I said last year, there was no chemistry. It was kind of like everyone just kind of came in thinking they were the best and then they realized they weren't and then they couldn't fix it because they just, they weren't comfortable with each other. They weren't fitting. They, they did not want to accept their roles. It just didn't work out. Um, but now that they're getting to work together early, they're getting comfortable with each other and it helps more than it hurts. It's definitely not going to hurt. You know what I mean? Um, and they need this, especially after last season. So I think Team USA is great for those four. They're getting used to each other. Um, they're getting to know each other. And I think when the season starts, that's going to go a long way when they start training camp. And even someone like Honest, he's not on Team USA, but Ennis Cantor too. Like Al Horford was a glue guy. I think Ennis Cantor can be a glue guy for the Celtics as well because he's just a funny guy. He likes to make uh, his teammates happy. He's a great locker room guy, funny guy. So, um, yeah, I think Team USA is helping the Celtics immensely. I think it's great for the chemistry and going into next season. Um, but that's all the topics I had today. This was the second episode of Chasing Banners. Um, I'm going to post this. Hopefully, I can get it up on iTunes and Spotify soon so you guys can listen to it on that platform. But I hope you guys enjoyed. My name is Dante Toro, a.k.a. Dante on Deck. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. We can get all NBA slash Celtics news. Um, thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next time.